Controlled environment agriculture, or CEA, and more specifically vertical farms, are seen by many as a way to combat climate change, growing hunger, and food deserts. However, some recent news makes it seem like the sector is in peril. Aerofarms co-founder and chief marketing officer Mark Oshima is with us today to discuss the prospects for the industry as a whole and some details behind the company's recent Chapter 11 bankruptcy filing on the Food Institute podcast coming at you. Alright, before we get started, I want to make sure you're all aware of LATAM Food Week 2023. Food Institute partnered with Cochina Sombrosa for the hybrid event, which will be taking place online and in person between September 25th and September 28th. You can take a look in the description of this episode for a link to the sign-up page and get some more details right there. I do have to say we're very excited about this at the Food Institute. It's one of our first in-person events we've been able to do in a very long time. Uh, The hybrid part is also really great, so, you know, if you're not available in Dallas, you'll be able to get involved with us there too. So... With that all out of the way, I did want to welcome Mark to the show. And before we dive into our conversation, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to co-found Aero Farms? Yeah, Chris, thank you. Excited to be here, share our story as well as my story. Uh, one, it's about making a difference, making an impact. Uh, my background has been in marketing, uh, both CPG as well as retail. I've headed the marketing for supermarket chains, specialty food retailers, so always a passion around food. Really ultimately thinking about you know how do you connect with the consumer, with the producer, and seeing firsthand people's interest in where their food's coming from and, uh, you know, how is it sourced? How is it prepared? And this was an opportunity with Aero Farms to get in on the ground floor and really imagine, you know, what agriculture is about, uh, be on the producer side and really reimagine a, a different way of farming. And uh, that's what's been exciting in terms of thinking about the work we've done from day one in terms of increasing access, uh, increasing a differentiated and, and focusing on a very differentiated product. Uh, to make a difference within the different communities. And we love that. We love a company with a purpose here at the Food Institute. Now, I know a lot of people have probably already heard about the bankruptcy, and I think we'll be able to talk about that. Um, But I'm hoping we can talk a little bit more about, you know, how Aerofarms was founded, the mission of the company. I know you just touched on it a little bit there, but I was hoping we could dive in a little bit deeper and get a better idea of what the operations are like. Yeah. Uh, And it's a reminder, you know, uh, farming is challenging. It's tough to do. And so uh, originally there were three co-founders. Uh, myself, I mentioned a little bit about my marketing background. So really important to understand, you know, uh, the trade in terms of understanding the industry, uh, understanding, you know, what you're going to sell, uh, understanding what channels uh, you're going to sell in. Uh, absolutely pivotal and, and seminal in terms of thinking about the right business model and how to go to market. Uh, our former uh, CEO, David Rosenberg, co-founder, fellow co-founder, uh, clean tech champion, you know, really thinking differently about, you know, how do we do more with less? Uh, He had the first ever cradle to cradle certified product. um, And that cradle cradle certification is really kind of like the the, the gold bar, the standard in uh, environmental uh, certification. And this idea, uh, if you think about there's like the lead for architecture or or for buildings, uh, cradle to cradle is that for for products. And so he's always had a, a keen focus on the circular economy uh, how to eliminate waste uh, and how to turn that into something more productive. And that's always been one of the initial thesis, you know, for Aero Farms as well. And then uh, our fellow co-founder, Dr. Ed Harwood, uh, he uh, was a chief science officer. He'd been formerly a professor at Cornell University. Uh, and I think that's been one of the key differentiating aspects for Aero Farms that we've always had very much a science-driven approach, agriculture-driven approach uh, to the work that we're doing and thinking about, again, how to thinking about not only the R&D and the hypothesis, but then how does that translate into commercial, you know, farm and operations. And so, you know, it's a unique aspect in terms of when you think about 
you know, those skill sets and coming together from a farming operation. It's not common that you have a chief science officer. Uh, but again, this idea of having experience and direct experience from a marketing and sales standpoint with, you know, the channel uh, and the product offerings is so important. And, and having that be grounded in terms of, again, the big picture vision about how we can have an impact. And so our mission is how do we grow the best plants possible for the betterment of humanity? It's been a bold and audacious um, vision and, and mission. And the fact is, you know, we've been helping, you know, you know, kind of inspire, you know, the industry. We've been one of the pioneers. We've been at this, you know, since 2004. We'll be the first one to tell you that this is not easy to do. This idea of growing indoors, uh, we're, we're pioneering not only for indoor vertical farming, uh, but really for agriculture overall. And that's what's exciting in terms of, again, when we think about how the organization has grown, the capabilities, the expertise, it's really understanding that plant and plant biology and then how to turn that together with world-class operations to really be able to have differentiated products that can service the community, you know, all year round. And so that's a little bit about the background. Uh, and then putting it into action, you know, we also are a certified B Corporation. So we're one of the first ones out of the gate within agriculture also to embrace this, recognizing that traditional certifications like organic just were not going far enough in terms of factoring the externalities, factoring in the societal aspect. And so, you know, what's exciting about the work we do with certified B Corporation is that, you know, we're really thinking about how business can be a force for good and how we can, you know, think about other industries, other verticals. Uh, we think about companies like Patagonia or Method or Stonyfield and now Danone, the largest food company in the world, you know, are all certified B corporations. So we now have a common language, a common framework about how do we think about uh, how do we track both environmental factors as well as societal factors. And so I think this is really important when we think about being mission driven, you know, there's a framework around that uh, and a common language. And so it's been exciting to see some of the other farmers now embrace that as well. Yeah, and before we jump into the bankruptcy, you know, it's worth noting for the audience here that Mark actually performed with us in a webinar about two or three years ago called Is the Future of Farming Inside? I'm going to leave a link in the description here so you can definitely take a look at that and get a real great idea of how AeroFarms is working at the time and get an idea about the industry if you'd like to see a little bit more there. But like I said, I would like to talk about the bankruptcy itself. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about how operations are going at, at the current moment. Yeah, so we are going through a, a Chapter 11, and it's really about a financing recapitalization um, process right now. Uh, definitely the headwinds from you know the industry and, and the overall investment community. Um, we think about the higher interest rates. We think about the war in Ukraine. We think about Silicon Valley Bank. You know, it's really been a, a tough, challenging uh, financing. You know, we look at the numbers when ag tech and food tech, and how the numbers have just you know really dropped off. Um, you know. The, the thesis that we had is AeroFarms, which is you have this amazing technology that you've developed, amazing capabilities around leafy greens. What else can you grow? And so uh, we had a much broader remit in doing really extensive R&D, uh, working with some of the best and biggest companies in the world, working with the Cargills or the EB InBev on uh, growing uh, hops or cacao. And the idea that, you know, the idea with the cacao is can we make it more resilient for uh, field farming and have it be transplanted out into the field. Uh, wasn't So it wasn't about the commercial production, but it was a, how can we make a more resilient uh, stock that can withstand climate change. So the traditional growing areas, you know, that we see, you know, for these crops and even think about for the hops, you know, we've had to develop new language here and talking about weather and climate change. So in the Northwest where hops are grown here, uh, you know, we had something called the heat dome, right? We, we, we didn't know this language just even a few years ago. And so, the idea that, um, you know, whether it's traditional agriculture, whether it's uh, indoor agriculture, there's more challenges than ever before. And, you know, what was exciting was thinking about, you know, where we could add value in that equation. 
Um, but what happened is that we needed additional financing to be able to support these are longer term initiatives. And so uh, the chapter 11 was an option for us. Uh, we're working with inside investors right now in terms of uh, who, are, who know us well, and they have seen you know, our commercial operations on the leafy green side. And they understand the, the, the economics there. They understand the profitability there. And so they're putting millions back into the organization to focus and streamline you know, our focus on that commercial operations. And so we are growing product every day, shipping product every day, and working with some of the best retailers uh, and food service operators uh, around. And so that's exciting for us in terms of, again, all the good work that we've been championing will continue. And we have a, a really strong future ahead of us. And I think you have a very salient point there about, you know, the climate change discussion, you know, even more recently, it seems every day you check the, uh, the news and it's the hottest day on record and it's breaking a record that was set a few days earlier, right? So it definitely is impacting crops. We've seen that at the Food Institute. Um, you did mention a bunch of R&D right there. I'm wondering, you know, in the current moment, how does AeroFarms plan to continue on? Are you going to focus on your established products? Is the R&D still continuing? How's that dynamic working out? Yeah, I mean, what's exciting is that, I mean, science, and I mentioned, you know, you know, even from the early days of the chief science officer, I mean, science is integrated into everything that we do. And so every uh, crop and crop cycle that we have, even the commercial operations is another R&D. It's another set of data points, right? And so um, that's what is unique about our farming operation. It's a totally controlled environment, but we're monitoring, you know, millions of data points with every harvest. And so it allows us to have this deep history and understanding, again, the environmental factors, how it influences, you know, the production and yield. And so uh, that work is going to continue. The focus is really on the leafy green side of the equation. And so we think about um, whether it's new varieties that we're going to commercialize um, and or the system. We've talked a little bit about what makes Aero Farms unique? The Aero and Aero Farms refers to aeroponics. And so really, uh, we're the leading grower out there using the aeroponics, has a lot of advantages, allows us to be much more judicious with water, uh, which is one of our biggest challenges you know, worldwide in terms of access to that. Uh, we use up to 95% less versus the field and even 40% less than hydroponics. And so we're being very judicious with how we deliver water. We're misting the roots directly. Uh, and it's a way of growing that we use you know, zero pesticides, so it's a clean product. And uh, the technology, you know, is allowing us to have a very differentiated growing approach out there. Uh, so that's one of the competitive moats that we have. And then, you know, we've grown hundreds of different uh, varieties of leafy greens, but we're really focusing on and thinking very much about the category and thinking about where we can add value. I think one of the things that you see out there is just kind of a sea of me too products, whether it's from the field or from other indoor growers. And so it's tough in terms of, again, how to truly you know, connect with the consumer and also with the buyer or the retailer in terms of, again, this is differentiated uh, product offering. And so where we've seen success uh, has been on specialty greens and then particularly microgreens. And so uh, today we're the number one dominant uh, microgreen brand at retail per Nielsen. And you know we're creating a category, we're, we're creating new usage cases, we're seeing specific household information, seeing how we're bringing new people into the category and really be able to increase the overall consumption. And so the retailers looking at this as an exciting opportunity, we're increasing the overall pie. And leafy greens in particular are a very strategic category for the retailer. And uh, this is something that I'm very passionate about having come from retail and spent many years there, is this understanding you know, the importance of this, both in terms of frequency of visit, both in terms of market basket and size of that market basket. You know, Freshness is one of the key areas that retailers can differentiate themselves as well and then having the right offering. And so, you know, with the microgreens, we're now taking something that had really only been available for fine dining and now making that available for home dining and increasing the accessibility, increasing availability 
Uh, our products today are available nationwide. Uh, with Whole Foods, we were the first indoor grower for leafy greens to be authorized to be part of their global planogram. And that really speaks volumes about you know their belief in the product offering and how well it's done. Uh, but we're also working, you know, not just the natural channel, you know, we're working uh, with HEB in Texas, the number one supermarket. And the idea that we can really connect, uh, the business has been doing exceedingly well. We're in expansion mode there as well. And, you know, it's not just that particular channel, we're also in the mass channel. So with Walmart in the Mid-Atlantic region, we just doubled the number of stores we're in as well. So uh, there's been tremendous, tremendous excitement around the product, the brand, the offering. Uh, we're leading the category with sales velocity. We're leading in terms of that market share. And then we also look at something called net promoter score in terms of, again, uh, would you recommend this product or brand, you know, to a friend or family member? Uh, and we're leading the industry, you know, for that key metric as well, which is a really great litmus for customer loyalty and, and the brand, the health of the brand. And so we're at an exciting stage when we think about continued expansion. Uh, and this is, you know, the backdrop of why, you know, we have inside investors who are excited about what we're doing from the brand and the sales standpoint. And then also from the operations standpoint. And so our facility down in Danville, Virginia, uh, represents uh, what we call our Model 5 technology, our fifth generation of technology. And we talked a little bit about that learning process of scale and, and commercial operations. And so this is a you know end-to-end -end automation. Uh, this is hands-free growing from seed to package and really be able to have a tremendous throughput and output and be able then to deliver a product that can, you know, be distributed and enjoyed nationwide. Yeah, and I love that, you know, it, it was really interesting to see a press release that's talking about bankruptcy, but also has a lot of other good news about what's going on with the company. And I think the Virginia-based facility is pretty interesting. Could you tell us a little bit more about that automation? Is that why it's being, you know, it's it's so successful? Are you finding that it's just the fifth iteration? You've had a lot of opportunities to kind of clean up those operations. Is that what it is? But it does seem that one's doing very well. Um, so I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So this is a facility that came online uh, last year. It's a 140,000 square foot facility, uh, completely growing indoors. So imagine, you know, 50 foot ceilings uh, and the idea now it's not just production per square foot, but it's production per cubic foot. So there's beds of growing stacked on top of one another. Uh, there's automation uh, from end to end from that seeding, you know, to the germination, then to uh, the growing, uh, then to harvesting, then packaging, and then even the, the pack out and the logistics. Uh, there's robotics and, and uh, the work that we're doing there to be able to have efficiency in that throughput. And so, yeah, this is uh, our latest generation uh, of technology. And what we've appreciated more than ever is, as well that, um, again, you know, it's not just a, a single approach. You know, we think about holistically. Uh, we think about the plants and the biology. We think about the environment. Uh, we think about the mechanical systems and the operations. Uh, we think about food safety. We, we think about data and, and the integration in terms of sensors and monitoring. And so uh, it's this holistic approach that allows us to be able to think about, you know, what makes us unique in terms of an overall platform and growing uh, process. And it allows us then to have that precision and control. And so when we talk about, yeah, uh, having a very differentiated product, it's not only the varieties, uh, not only the category, but it's in the flavors within that. It's the experience. And that's what's been exciting in terms of, you know, working with the top tastemakers, top chefs, um, and getting a chance to get them excited about uh, the offering. And the idea from a menu planning standpoint, all of a sudden, you know, this is available now year round. So we think about how to drive, you know, wholesale, you know, wholesale change 
It's about that availability and accessibility. And so the Danville farm in Virginia is allowing us to be able to, you know, have that throughput. Uh, and we're working with, you know, the, the best selling partners out there to be able to bring the product to market. And let's talk about some of those partners. I think you referenced it a little bit earlier, but I know the press release included some information about brand expansion as well. So can we deal or dial in on that a little bit and get an idea of where you're expanding currently? Yeah. Yeah. So we've had some, uh, you know, recent news in terms of expanding with current customers. Uh, I mentioned the Walmart and, and doubling the number of stores there, uh, but also within Alhold uh, Del Hayes, we had been at Stop and Shop. We'd been at Fresh Direct for years, but at Stop and Shop, we just increased the number of doors there by 40%. Um, we have uh, an exciting uh, launch with some other Alhold Del Hayes uh, divisions coming up uh, shortly as well. Uh, we would talk about, you know, key uh, you know, market leaders in terms of, again, innovation uh, and, and sort of market trendsetters. Uh, we have a, an exciting launch with Stu Leonard's. Uh, that's one of the top retailers throughout the United States, but they're based up here in the Northeast. And so, again, we think about innovation and, you know, how to go to market with the right players. Uh, that's been exciting. Uh, also within the Natural Channel, um, we have a tremendous partnership with Fresh Market. We're available nationwide with them as well. And there, we just are in the midst of finishing uh, a July campaign, Everything Tastes Better with Aero Farms Microgreens, where we've been integrated into uh, everything from the store, uh, in-store, as well as online. And we work with their head of culinary. We develop unique recipes around how to use microgreens. Uh, we're tied into the prepared foods, so being able to add microgreens. So this concept of Everything Tastes Better with Microgreens is an exciting concept because this is very unique within the produce industry. Like you, you couldn't do this with lettuce um, and make that same claim of how you could touch every single department, you know, within the within the store. And so it's finding, you know, like-minded partners like the fresh market and be able to really bring that kind of innovative um, marketing to market as well is about how we connect with the consumer. How do we increase this category? How do we think about uh, increasing consumption? Um, it's been exciting to work with partners like that as well. So I'd like to shift gears a little bit here. Um, you know, I have to note that I've seen from my seat at the Food Institute, it seems that vertical farms are facing some challenges right now. And I'm hoping from your vantage point, you can kind of explain what some of those major challenges are that are facing the vertical farming industry specifically in the current day. Yeah, it, it's uh, not like on, you know, we think about any business, you know, what, what problem are you trying to solve? And then how can you uniquely solve it? You know, what um, are, are unique, you know, points of difference, you know, in that approach? And so, um, you know, we think about, you know, some of the challenges you see, think about with field growing and uh, uh, we think about the advantages that vertical farming offers. You know, we were just talking about the climate change, right? So this is independent of weather, independent of seasons. You know, you can have consistent growing all year round. Um, so whether it's a, a vertical farm or whether it's a high-tech greenhouse, this idea of indoor growing uh, is going to have a bigger role to play. And it depends on the category. Today, if you look at retail and you think about the category of tomatoes, the majority of tomatoes that are sold now are all grown indoors. And so it's just representative of what we'll see across the board in multiple different categories just because of the pain points we're seeing with traditional agriculture. Um, so without question, you know, we think about the macro pressures here, whether it's the climate change, we think about loss of water, loss of arable land, we think about food safety, we think about worker welfare. Uh, we need different approaches here in the indoor farming uh, and particularly the vertical farming, you know, has a lot of advantages, you know, from the technology and what it can help enable. But at the heart of it, it's got to be, what does that technology allow you to do in terms of, again, can you grow a differentiated product? 
otherwise, you know, you're going to be facing a very much the situation of a me too product. And then, you know, how do you differentiate then? Is it just going to be on price? So, you know, what's that value proposition? So you have to think carefully about, you know, what does the technology allow you to do or enable? It's an enable here. At the heart, we're farmers. At the heart, you know, we're produce people. At the heart, we're marketers to think about how do we connect with the consumer, uh, but it's with a, having a very much a differentiated product. And so uh, that's why we're excited about, you know, really the outlook for what Aero Farms has ahead of it because of the differentiated approach that we have here. Yeah, and you kind of touched on the other parts of controlled environment agriculture. I know myself, it took a while to really, you know, understand that in this niche industry, there's a lot of difference between just a greenhouse and a high-tech vertical farm in the middle of the city. And there's plenty of like different options in between where you kind of meld those together, right? So you talked a little bit about the general consensus on challenges for the industry as a whole. I know you're a board member with the CEA Alliance. You know, when you take everything we talked about today, when you take those financial pressures, those climate change, you know, issues, you know, even rising energy prices and general inflation that's affecting everybody, you know, how do you look at the future of the industry as a whole? You know, is this something that's going to continue to grow? Is it going to have bumps? How do you see that playing out? Yeah, I think it's only natural with any emerging industry. You know, you have um, an opportunity to see, you know, who are going to be the winners. uh, And it's based on, again, the core fundamentals. You know, how are they differentiating themselves in terms of that business, the business approach or or the technology? Um, Without question, the future for CEA, controlled environment agriculture, uh, is is bright. And that has to do with, you know, the pressure we just talked about with the macro pressures and the macro challenges that we're seeing. Uh, That's increasing um, every single day. And so, um, the fact is, you know, we need to think differently. We need to think about, you know, how do we can help drive innovation. And the work that we've done with AeroFarms as well has been very much that lens, you know, from an industry. How do we help move industry forward? So the CE Alliance is a good example uh, where we help bring, uh, we were one of the founders with some other uh, key players to come together as an industry to think about first it was around food safety. Uh, then it was around thinking about other points of differentiation around quality, around sustainability, uh, and thinking about, again, what we can do to help educate you know, both FDA and USDA, but also uh, retailers and, and the selling partners there about our points of difference. Uh, but we've also, AeroFarms has partnered very closely with uh, USDA uh, on key research. We've also partnered very closely with uh, FAR, the Foundation for Food and Agricultural Research. And those results have been published. And so the idea is how can we help the broader agriculture community overall? And I think that's one of the things that we have to appreciate collectively. You know, there's an opportunity for us to be able to work together uh, think about the challenges and, and think about the, the unique solutions and then how we can help the industry overall. So uh, I think that um, when you think about how do we leverage uh, indoor growing, not only for the commercial production, but for the R&D and then for also for other industry applications, I think it's a really exciting uh, area right now. So I guess the last thing I want to ask, Mark, is what's next for Aero Farms? Well, Without question, the, 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 what's next for Aero Farms is you know, a core you know, hyper-focus on the commercial operations. Um, how do we continue to scale um, and um, you know, even the operations we're doing in our farm down in Danville, Virginia, uh, getting that to full utilization and really be able to think about, again, how do we service um, you know, the marketplace? Uh, we think that will unlock further you know, farm development uh, and focuses on the leafy greens and thinking about that expertise and a unique area of, of history and, and uh, performing operating metrics that we've had there. So 
without question, we're excited to be able to increase availability, accessibility, and getting more people to enjoy uh, AeroFarms, and particularly our microgreens. And if anyone wants to learn a little bit more, where should they go? Yeah, please uh, follow us on social at AeroFarms or to our website. Uh, you know, you mentioned um, the webinar we did a few years ago. Um, if you go to our website, you can actually see the latest technology in action. We have a, a number of different videos showing, you know, the end-to-end -end automation and uh, the robotics as well. So uh, it's an opportunity to be able to, uh, to see the latest and greatest. And more importantly, where you can find the AeroFarms product near where you are as well. So look forward to you uh, tasting our difference. Mark, thank you again so much for spending some time with us today. Chris, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity and uh, look forward to sharing even more developments as they unfold. And that's going to do it for us this week on the Food Institute podcast. Please remember to follow, like, and share. Definitely take a look at the description again. We have a ton of links we'll be sharing in this one. But until next time, this is Chris Campbell signing off.